frantically trying to remember how to talk properly uh, this week. Welcome to Hand of the Pod. Tucking into a mandarin each, and we're struggling to remember the word for the uh, casing around it. <laughs> Armour, I think it's called, isn't it? Um, and Santiago managed to come up with it, the, the one non English speaker here. Um, those are the three of us who, who are here for this week's Hand of Pod, episode number 114. Uh, say hello, uh, Joel. Hello. We're, we're in Joel's uh, lovely, I was going to call it a bachelor pad then, but it's very much not. <laughs> you're married, and she lives there. Yeah, she better not hear that. Um, you say that. Yeah, if, if you are listening, marry another, then sorry. Uh, and Santi is also here, who's going to be moving into a non-bachelor pad of his own fairly yep. shortly. Yep, that's it. Uh, we look we forward to may it. be recording there sooner. Yeah, we, we look forward to christening but that, it. But that will be a bachelor pad, right? No, I'm moving with my girlfriend. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Um, I'm Sam Kelly. I'm your host, as always, for another action-packed edition, um, in which we're looking back on a weekend when... The Again, plenty of shocks, really. Plenty of shocks in the second round. After a first round in which Mystic Sam got 8 out of 10, um, he's managed to get 2 out of 10 in each of the subsequent two rounds. Uh, You're much better than the tabloids and, and, and newspapers like Ole and Marco, though, and Ass and, and Mundo Deportivo, who only ever say, well, as we told you, um, <laughs> when they get things right, but never mention it when they get things wrong. So I think it's fair enough, Samuel, that you're um, you know, reminding people you didn't do so well this week. Thank you very much, John. I'm, I'm glad, you, uh, <laughs> glad you think so. Um, he's very honest, mate. The, the strangest the thing. quality in, in football journalism. Thank you, thank you very much. The strangest thing that we have to report, really, after three matches, um, albeit, of course, Gimnasia uh, and Newell's Old Boys have a game in hand. They will play their second round match uh, on Tuesday, I think it is, isn't it? Or Tuesday or Wednesday, one of the two. Um, is that after three rounds, I don't think anybody predicted this, but wait, because somebody does want to, to big him up a bit. Ricardo Caruso Lombardi's Argentinos Juniors yes. are top of the league. Yes. Santi, I know that you were saying at the weekend that you can't wait to record with us this week because <laughs> you want to uh, praise Caruso Lombardi as the, the genius manager that he is. So yes, I mean, he always gets such a bad rap, so when he does things right, I think we should we should acknowledge him. I mean, I, I think he, he beat Bitsy with an immensely inferior squad and team and just... It was a it was a match that was won with players that came from Nacional B, from Primera B Metro, just people who aren't well known for the standard Argentinian uh, football fan, and he just beat him at home three nil, just amazing match, and I think it a great part of this victory goes to Caruso because I think yeah. he out fought uh, the match. Yeah, he, for sure. Uh, shots shots wise, yeah. it was something like eighteen. Six to to, uh, to San Lorenzo, yeah. mm-hmm. but San Lorenzo only had three from inside the box, and yeah. they only managed four on target, which was the same number of shots on target as, as Argentinos managed, which tells you everything really. Argentinos had one third of the possession in the match and just mm-hmm. hit them perfectly on the counter yeah. every time Argentinos got into the San Lorenzo's half. He thought mm-hmm. this could be another goal, mm-hmm. and more <laughs> often than not, it was. Um, 
bizarre. Easily the shock of the season so far, I think, as well. Yeah. Albeit it's only a very short season. So yeah, but amazing result. It's just just last week, everyone was really excited about San Lorenzo. You know, they've got some great youngsters. They've got some really talented, slightly more experienced players. And everyone was really sort of expecting to start running away with it, especially against Argentinos, because they didn't have quality players yeah. and because they don't keep the ball or anything. But no, it's an amazing result. But, but it doesn't change anything I said last week about... Ricardo Caruso Lombardi <laughs> coaching at the Diego Maradona Stadium. Remind us what you said about well, it's Ricardo Caruso Lombardi. It's not right, is it? Speaking of coaches at, and, and mentioning Diego Maradona in the sentence, Diego Maradona's managing again. He's back. No, he's nah, he's motivating. He's, he's a motivational spiritual, speaker. Yeah, spiritual leader. When it was first announced, when it was first announced, they said he was going to be the, the DT, the director technical, and then they very Did you see the, uh, the, the, um, the gazebo they put up for him as, as the palco? This was. Uh, I mean, he was playing. I mean, this. What? What? Liga. Primera de. Primera de. So and yeah. So uh, people haven't heard about this. Maradona through various links with. Yeah, it's, uh, he, he has a link with Stinfale, Victor Stinfale, who is the owner of Speed Unlimited, which is. Oh, sorry. I don't know if we should have said that, but yeah, an energy drink that's sold here <laughs> uh, in Argentina. And um, Stinfale has links with Riestra because I, I think Riestra has the sponsorship yeah. by Speed Unlimited or yeah. the unnamed energy drink. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that, yeah. That's the link, basically. Yeah, exactly. That's between so, so, so Stinfale is his lawyer, I think. I think so. Yeah, yeah I think that's right. Diego's lawyer. So. Yeah, so he's, uh, yeah, so Maradona's taken on this job at Fifth Division Club. And as you said, he's not he's not the coach. Although at one point it seemed like he was perhaps going to take over <coughs> coaching the the side. This um, is obviously in no way an entirely PR thing for the club, is it? Certainly not. No. Uh, as, as when is it with Maradona? Um, but the but you know quite a few of the top flight clubs in Argentina don't have particularly spectacular stadiums. So you can imagine what they're like going down sort of to the fifth division, yeah. and and so they put up this gazebo, basically big <laughs> black netting all down the side as the as the, sort of the official um, box for for Maradona. So very makeshift, obviously, but um, but it did the did the business because they came back from goal down to win. Yeah, they did. Yeah, against San Miguel at half time uh, against San Miguel, who were managed by can you remember um, one of Maradona's eighty six World Cup teammates yeah. whose name oh. I've forgotten. Yeah, I forgot as well, but. <laughs> In any case, San Miguel has just gone down from the sea, so it's a big team from the category. So mm. it, it was a big win for Riestra. Uh, so that's it leaves Riestra. Let's just have a very quick look at the table. Marinella did ask me this was the first table for the first time ever in Handapod history. Yeah. You, you have yeah. to check Solo Ascenso. Solo Ascenso. Not, not, not going to be on Ole. Pardon? You have to check Solo Ascenso because it's not going to be on Ole. Oh, the, for the manager's name, yeah, I'll do that in a second. It leaves... Oh, um, oh look. It is. Yeah, yeah, no, they won the league table. Yeah, but it's only one match. Uh, where are they? Riestra. Riestra? Seventh. Seventh. But seven just played one game, though. Two matches. Oh, uh, two matches. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two matches, they, they've got uh, three points. So they. Yeah. Well, Diego Maradona. He's <laughs> going to be there for a few matches, possibly not for the whole season. Um, I would have loved to go, or, or would love to go to a Riestra match where Maradona is there motivating, but uh, it's a pretty. It's, and it's not a nice place. Of the, down there, isn't it? Yeah. It's, Tell us about the area. I've yeah, it's right next. To, it's right next to the San Lorenzo Stadium. In fact, oh, okay. you, you can see the San Lorenzo yeah. Stadium from the pitch yeah. from Riestra, hmm. which is right next to Bisha One Eleven Fourteen, which is the biggest one in the whole yeah, the whole yeah, city. The whole city. Yeah. So, uh, 
not a nice place to go. Not yeah, a touristy yeah, place. Not say, <laughs> not I, I know yeah. plenty of people who've, who've been told by the police, well, yeah. people who've come over to visit, going to a San Lorenzo game, told by the police just to turn around and go back because <laughs> yeah. it's not safe. Yeah. It's not quite like that. I've, I've been to lots of games, but um, um, I've just purely got past the police, clearly. But um, but it's it's not the safest of areas. Yeah. But it was incredible, though, to see... I suppose it's not a surprise now, but I mean, but just that, just what Maradona continues to to provoke in in the in Argentines. I mean, when there were, I mean, the amount of cameras that were there, um, and incredible as well. You know, there was one camera, I think, um, with one of the gossip afternoon gossip programs with um, Jorge Rial, yeah. and they kind of said exclusive images. And they had about 20 cameras in front of them, <laughs> all of which were better placed than theirs, but they were still sort of saying exclusive Maradona images. So, um, and then the next day it was front page of Olé. This is when there was quite quite a lot going on elsewhere. So, um, yeah, Maradona still got it. Yeah. And Dooney House, I'm just trying to find the, uh, the, the, the name of the uh, oh. San Miguel manager Look. is also not on Solar Center. So, Patricio Hernandez is the, the San Miguel manager. We've, we've just uh, managed to find that. Um, who is one of Diego's 86 can't remember whether he played very much but he was in the squad apparently. he was in the squad um, so there you go thank you to one of our listeners for pointing that out to me actually yesterday I forget who it might have been Paul um, anyway back to the Primera uh, there were various other matches apart from this uh, San Lorenzo Argentinos shock uh, where about should we start guys which, which one do we start with the first one was Arsenal against Olimpo of course Friday yeah, well, afternoon we've, we've got you with Asante um, that was a a home win rather than a yeah. shock home defeat Olimpo and not looking brilliant no, no, it's not no, entirely surprising considering they're being managed by Walter Perazzo um, yeah but, but I think Olimpo do deserve a few more points than they, that they have um, oh, they were right against San yeah, Lorenzo they, they, they weren't too bad against San Lorenzo and I think they have a couple nice players yeah, um, they, they have who uh, you like so far uh, from Olimpo I think Hill is a very good it's, it's very good but they're quite young though yeah. so it's uh, it's not meant to be easy for them, but I, I think they do deserve a couple more points than they have right now. And um, but Arsenal, it, it's it's impressive what they managed to do with uh, a team that's in building. We've as we talked before, we've we've lost our, most of our key players: Carbonero, Ortiz, um, Lisandro Lopez, Benedetto, and still um, just a very very nice performance. Haven't lost yet. It was a 3-1 goal with a beautiful finish by yeah. Damian Perez, the yeah. third. Uh, I thought he had made the wrong decision entirely when he didn't pass the ball and he ended up just nailing it. Where is he from? Corner. Is he from the youth system? Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's from the youth system. So it was a nice home win. Um, one of those matches that you expect to win when on, it's Olimpo and your home stadium, but still uh, it turned out to be harder than it seemed. Uh, especially in the second half. It was 2-0 for Arsenal and then Olimpo started pushing and and got the uh, got the goal by virtue of a series of rebounds. It was just insane the, the amount of rebounds in the area after a cross. But then on the last minute, Damian Perez just uh, nailed it. No, so, it was a beauty. Yeah, it was a beauty. A beauty. I, I do fear slightly for Olimpo if they don't get a, at least a point away from home soon. I can see confidence starting to yeah. to drain from them. That's one thing they're going to have to turn Bahia Blanca into a bit of a fortress. It's a long way to go down there. Um, and they're going to have to make it an unpleasant trip for people, I think, because, OK, they've lost so far to San Lorenzo and to Arsenal, two, yeah. two decent sides. Um, but you can kind of see them starting to get a bit jumpy if they don't pick up yes. some points on the road soon. Or indeed some points soon, because the previous home game, I think they've only... Did they draw it or lose it? Did they I draw it? They, 
Yeah, it was against Tigre. Yeah, it was nil nil, wasn't it, in the yeah. second round? Um, yeah, it was nil nil against Tigre. Yes, it was. There we go. Um, so yeah, and as I say, I'm not enormously, I'm not enamoured of, of Walter Perazzo. I know that if Sebastian Garcia were here with us, uh, he'd be more than happy to play booted as well. Yeah, but he also managed to not get a very talented Argentina under 20 side to qualify. For but that, yeah. that's happened with just about every coach for the last. Four years. Yeah, but he was the first one to, to fail in that respect when they were defending Chelsea. Yeah, but also you have to think that it's not the same manager, the club, and the managing yeah, the sure. uh, 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 national team, and it's not the same managing an under-17 national team. Mm. It's very different jobs, mm. very different. So he could very well be excellent for Olimpo, but just very bad for the under-17s. He's been quite saying. good in Olimpo. Yeah, absolutely. They did, they did really well. Very, yeah, yeah. Came good. up very comfortably. It was very good. So, best defense in the division, as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Um, I think you should take that back. Sam. I think you're very harsh, on Mr. Parasso. <laughs> trying to give both sides of the argument. Well, exactly. Um, other results in the I've saw what the second weekend up there. Third weekend. Uh, later on a Friday night, we had Colón beating Quilmes. Yeah, I saw it. It was a pretty boring match. The only what, though, Kilmes mm-hmm. don't like don't enough like to play it. Mm. They they really go. For, I mean, passing it out from the back, even when they're massively under pressure. I mean, this is a side away from home. Mm. Um, Nelson Bivas in his first job as yeah. coach by himself. Yeah. He's been assistant, obviously. He was Cholo Simeone's assistant for quite a while. This is um, former Arsenal, uh, Arsenal of, of, of Arsenal de Woolwich, mm-hmm. uh, proper one. Say it rather than um, <laughs> the South London team. Arsenal, the, yeah, the South London side, not the. Uh... <laughs> but he's um, but no, but he's he's clearly got a really. He has a very clear idea of how he wants to play, and um, I think I think Kilmers have had more more possession in their two away games, yeah. which says an awful lot about about how they're trying to play. So um, I'm quite excited to see how they develop um, over the course of the season. Perhaps there's something about the teams they've played away as well. I mean, I've not been overly enamoured of watching Colón so far this season. Um, I suppose it, it, it doesn't help that they've lost Gigliotti. Of course, he's gone to Boca. Um, they have Ramirez. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm being ironic. But, um, <laughs> but it, was just, it was his first no. goal in like a year or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. And I don't think he's been injured. So. not long. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, 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 yeah. It was his first goal in ages, um, and it was a penalty that it was actually like Samons. Uh, he kind of dipped. I think he dipped because um, yeah. it, it was even with the cameras and all, it wasn't really clear if if uh, if the goalkeeper had really touched him, and he's prone to just taking the dive. Yeah, so sure. I, I think he dived. Um, but. Yeah. I don't want to. It was uh, one nil. So what can you say? <laughs> don't want to fall into the trap of, of just going through and reading out all the scores as we we have done in previous episodes and ended up taking ages. Uh, so the the sort of other really outstanding um, results from the weekend very quickly were I guess Tigre against Racing needs to be mentioned because yeah. Tigre suddenly Definitely. took a jump in quality, which again, as I've sort of just hinted with Kilmer against Colón. Um, almost makes you wonder about the team they were they were beating and Racing and the atmosphere around Racing is is one of the things that we were going to mention in this episode. Luis Subeldia is is in some trouble, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's since we last recorded, he's lost two matches. He's um, they sorry Racing, it's not all Subeldia's fault. Um, have lost two one at home to Lanús in the Copa Sudamericana qualifying first leg, um, and then they've lost this three uh, one away to Tigre where they were just completely played off the pitch by a side who've lost a couple of key players in the winter transfer window, and it weren't very good last season. Um, and who have Sanders number nine? 
Yes, uh, Jose Sand, who scored against Racing, the club who he left at the end of last season, um, and apparently was then insulted by some Racing players on the pitch, which is uh, brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, uh, the guy lives, breathes goals. I mean, that's his only point when he's in the field. He was always just a goal scorer. Mm -hmm. Don't ever ask anything else from Pepe Sand. He's just a goal scorer. And he has spent a whole year without scoring a goal. He just screamed his lungs out and it was a 3-0 it wasn't like it was an important goal or yeah, it was yeah, 3-0 yeah. and he, he was actually crying after he, he finished um, he finished um, you know celebrating it's a real case we've kind so, of mentioned it before you know decent players go into the racing and suddenly being crap a bit like yeah, the people used to in Italy to joke about the curse of Inter um, and, and all the rest of it and Sand was, was one who I remember when, when the goal was scored I sort of pointed out that he hadn't scored in a while and a couple of people I think you were one of them Sand mm-hmm. pointed out to me you know remember how good he was at Lanús and I, I had a memory of, of Sand being very good at Lanús so I decided to look up his record he scored 57 goals in 61 matches for them yeah. or something it was absolutely insane um, obviously he's like 32 now so he's slowing down a little bit but if, he, if, he can, if this gives him some confidence yeah. at Tigre yeah. then you give them half a chance maybe of, of picking up the kind of points they're going to need this season to avoid relegation again next season where they're going to have problems because they had such a poor season last season this is very confusing already. well it's interesting just um, uh, what taking off from what Santi was saying about the kind of striker that uh, Pepe Sand is I think it's interesting that he's playing alongside Sergio Araujo mm-hmm. it was perfect to play alongside him because he's, he's young yeah. he's the he's Who's naturally scored, the kind of striker he's got two goals of his own as well, well. Yeah. what I was getting at uh, he's naturally the kind of striker who moves about a lot likes to pull wide and so provides that perfect sort of foil to the to the typical sort of number nine that Sand is and and more than Sand the, that, the, the win was um, down to Araujo he scored mm. both goals yeah. set up the other one yeah. so um, and this is a player of course who started at Boca as everyone knows went to Barcelona but to the B team not to Barcelona A side and, uh, and that was quite a, quite a weird move Barcelona chose not to keep him on. So it's a bit of a situation for well, who is a very, very talented young player. He was in the Argentine on 20 setup. Um, so it's interesting. It's good to see him yeah. finally doing well because yeah. uh, I saw he's, miss, he's missed a couple of good chances uh, in the first two games. So to see him sort of hit, hit two now, it's, um, I mean, it'd be great for Tigre if, if it works out, obviously. Not a player who's lacking in confidence either, as we've mentioned before. This, no, this is a weird. kid who, at the age of what, 17, walked up to Martin Palermo in a training session and asked whether he could give him some tips on his finishing. Um, <laughs> I, I still like to imagine on his first day in training at Barcelona that he did the same with Lionel Messi. Just, I think I can give you a couple of pointers here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, that was a fantastic one for Tigre. But as we say, it leaves Racing um, in a bit of a rut. They've got the second leg of the Copa Sudamericana tie. It's in the middle of next week, isn't it? Yeah. Um, against Lanús. And they're going to have a real uphill battle because they've considered two... Uh, Lanús's two goals were away goals, of course. The, the match was in the Cilindro. Um, are they going to get through? Is Subaldia going to be in the job much longer? Who'd you bring in? Who'd you bring in? I mean, who... who I mean, do Racing have on him? I mean, I guess we're not privy to the uh, to the um, internal wranglings at, at the Racing Board of Directors, but I mean, I think at this stage, confidence is very low. You've given him the pre-season, you've given him the opportunity to sign players. Yeah. It just makes no sense whatsoever to, to get rid of him. But like you said, it becomes untenable if, if he loses another league game, say, is eliminated from the Sudamericana, then obviously it's difficult to carry on. But by the same token, I mean, it's completely pointless. Yeah, but I think it's what, what not just about the results. Mm. Um, Racing doesn't seem to be playing at anything. Yeah. Really. No, it's, it's just like the defense is pretty bad. Midfield doesn't seem to exist. 
and the forwards who are very talented and very good just seem to be playing their own match yeah. every single time. Well, you about English team, when you think how many they've signed, yeah. they've got about f- 12 number fives, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> and they're still waiting for Cameron Essie to get good. Yeah. 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 Uh, in- English Dan made the point towards the end of last season several times that Racing A, as you say, Santi, at times it seems like the forwards are all just playing in different teams. Yeah. <clears throat> just throwing everything forward and hoping something will stick. And B, there's no real, there's no plan B. If, if, if plan A doesn't work, Suvalier doesn't seem to sort of think, oh, okay, we're pushing everybody forward. The opposition of, I don't know, for instance, the opposition of falling back, being very compact. So what we maybe need to do is, is stick a slightly more defensive player on, start countering and try and draw them out and hit them, open up some space. He doesn't sort of think that way. He thinks, no, we've not scored yet, so I'll stick another striker on. Yeah. And they end up with it's Kevin four, management. four or five forwards. Exactly. Precisely that. Yeah. Um, Which is weird when they've got two, if not three, well, I don't know if they've still got three, depends if uh, Vieto, um, not um, the other one, Viola, gets on. But definitely two of the, the best ta- talents in the, in the country with, yeah. um, with Vieto and, um, and Centurion. And the ball. And the, the, the ball. Oh, right, yeah. So the, the goal was just amazing. Yeah, the, yeah the, exactly. The, the one goal that Racing scored was a beautiful goal. I think yeah. it was the best goal in the, uh, in the weekend. Mm. Just amazing shocker from outside the box. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you do wonder why, as you said, Sam, it's interesting. Like, why, why is he changing around? Think, all right. Well, let's look at what we what we can do well, where our strengths are, and and play towards those, right? But and another manager who clearly doesn't have a plan B. <laughs> Drew nil nil away in Mendoza at the oh, weekend. Yeah. We know who this is, don't we? It's the start of the run. Um, River Plate, who the last team River Plate beat away from home were Godoy Cruz. Uh, seven matches since then and they've, they've not won an away match um, and this was, was the, the return to Mendoza the return to, to playing away to Godoy Cruz um, 0-0 River looked I've got to say better in the second half they actually played for some I seriously don't know what you're watching chances. I, don't think, I think you're watching different games oh, they at least look confident passing the ball around the midfield is what I'm saying they weren't giving it straight to the opposition all the time hmm. but as I say they, didn't, they still didn't create any chances and Diaz has, has lacked a, a plan B Partly because he, he's not seemed to know how to deal with away matches. This happened throughout the Torneo final as well. Um, and ultimately cost them the league title. I think if they, if they got a, a few more points away from home than, than they did. They only finished three points behind Newell's, let's not forget. Um, but his real lack of plan B is, is strikers. Yeah. It's not entirely his fault, but they could have brought someone else in so they weren't relying on a striker who they knew was going to be difficult to get registered because of the number of foreigners they already had in the but squad this well. week this week has become very clear by the way today yeah, well, that Diaz is as annoyed as, as I am about well, that he was, well yeah exactly and that he was promised things that haven't happened otherwise he wouldn't have sold Luna sold Funes Mori and got rid of Trezeguet yeah. he would have kept on to at least one of them hmm. if uh, they, they hadn't told this I mean today um, River Play San Lorenzo and the Sudamericana uh, tomorrow? Tomorrow. On um, thir- Thursday at 6pm Argentine time, which is going to be... 6pm? Apparently so. I don't, it might just be that Fox Sports coverage is starting at 6pm. So, of um, course, that's at 9. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but the point is, before this game, Ramon Diaz hadn't tweeted in four months or something, and he tweeted his team. And in that team, he put Tio and, and Mora up front. These are the two players that they haven't been able to, Mora, to sign. Mora so, is just a so, uh, with, with Lanzini so Tio so Mora and then, um, yeah Danny is going to play well, Mora it should be mentioned um, by the time this goes online is almost certain to actually t- to be registered because um, of course they, they, they were waiting for um, he couldn't be registered until Rogelio Funes Mori Gabriel Funes Mori whatever he likes to call himself 
I know, Joel, you're putting that face at me again, uh, had signed for Benfica, and he has now signed that contract, so Benfica have sent the registration. So as long as they can get that shown to the right people uh, before kick-off tomorrow, Mora won't be a problem. But Gutierrez is one of these, for the last few days, for the last few weeks, we've had River directors, Diego Torres in particular, the vice president, coming out and saying to the press, this time tomorrow he'll be registered. And then they come out at the same time tomorrow and they say... This time on, on Thursday, he'll definitely be registered. And then it turns into, don't worry, he'll easily play at the weekend. It's, it's going to be a bit of a race. We might only get him registered five minutes before kick-off, but he'll be registered. Um, it's it just it's clear that Fabio isn't in there because uh, he's not playing in the weekend because he's uh, suspended he's for the rehab. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's clear. For sure. It's, um, it's become highly tedious. And, and not only has tournaments come out every day and said it, but so has the entire uh, media posse that, that cover River Plate. Yeah. Tio's going to be... Tio Confirmado. Confirmado. Two minutes later, yeah. it, so I've given up retweeting and, and saying anything about it on Twitter. If you follow me and, and you're wondering what's happening with Tail, that's why I'm not giving you any updates because I'm going to believe that Tail's actually being allowed to play for River when I see him score his first goal for River. <laughs> um, not even when he's, he's in the starting lineup and now on the pitch. It's when he actually scores that I believe that it's, it's all good. And you can tell that as soon as they do get him registered, he's going to do something like score a hat-trick in the first 20 minutes and then break his leg and be out for <laughs> another seven months. It's just such a farcical um, situation. But Tio is um, the kind of player that, uh, that will change, will transform the side. Because River have been creating chances, despite the fact they're not playing that well, which they're not. I mean, there's no, no two ways around it. But, but have you seen Simeone actually uh, wasting chances? Because I, I, think, I against, think he was against too against bad. Where but he, it wasn't so bad. It was very chance. good by the goalkeeper. It was a very good it save by the goalkeeper. Save, but it's also one. It's, it's one that a more experienced there, forward would have. But the thing is, as well, that Simeone, because of this, we're talking about Giovanni Simeone, of course, um, has had so much more pressure put on his shoulders by the fact that he's not on the bench and coming off with half an hour to go and getting some playing time he's been thrown straight on as the only option which is why I was mentioning a, ma- a lack of a plan B um, and it, it, it's just him and then Andrada coming on towards the end of the match the, yeah, the, and the another young... kid who went on against Godoy Cruz yeah um, oh, Kaprov Kaprov it was um, there is an issue at River Plate and this has been an issue at River Plate for a long time which is performance levels because against Central uh, home here at the Monumental just, just down the way um Carbonero was very poor. Yeah. Uh, against Gordon Cruz, he was very good. He was amazing. He was very good. He was the best player as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, the team, that's, yeah. So, you know, and Carbonero was, has been one of the best players, yeah. one of the best number eights right midfielders in Argentina for the last couple of years. So, you know, and there are a number of other players as well at River Plate who you've got to ask these kind of questions and about whether or not they're really performing to, to the full lot. I mean, while I think that Giovanni is sure there was a it was a good chance and a great save, but if Funes Mori hadn't scored that chance, everyone would have gone nuts. And I'm not comparing to him at all. That's not, that's not the point. The point is that if Funes Mori had missed that chance, yeah, everyone, everyone would be, be going on him. ballistic. Yeah. And at the same time, if Teo had missed that chance, everyone would be going, oh yeah, but it's alright, I'll score. Yeah, he's going to score. Exactly. It's the difference of who you are and, na- and what you do. Yeah, that is the nature of, the, of yeah. having the, yeah. the young, younger players, right? Having built up that, that level of that degree of confidence. I do think that of the three, that Andrade is the best. But he was injured for the, for the goalie crew, so he couldn't play. Uh, the three being Simeone, Andrade and Kaprov, right? Chiuani, yeah, yeah, Chiuani. I, uh, I, I thought Gio was very good. Actually, Andrade's goal was, uh, he was a pass by Gio after the corner yeah, goal by yeah, Fabio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody ever, even mentioned it. Everyone but, was going on no, about Andrade's no, exactly. first goal, but and no not, one even mentioned sure. that Giovanni, Fabio kicked yeah. a 
brilliant corner kick. This was last weekend, but and um, yeah, she managed yeah. to set it up. Andrade just had to yeah. push it into it's, the goal. It's not on the basis of these these games. Yeah. But I think Andrade is more of a goal scorer, but I mean, maybe. I mean he's mm-hmm. injured at the moment, so it's neither here nor there. Um, also had a brilliant uh, header on the first weekend, which was saved by Monetti. Yeah. Just yeah. an amazing. Yeah. No, I think I think we don't agree that they're getting. He's both going to be. Yeah. very talented players when, when they have mm-hmm. the chance to maybe just be brought through with a little less pressure on them which means when Teo gets <laughs> habilitated um, and, 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 and another thing I'd like to add about uh, River is that I've been very impressed with Fabro's performances and yeah. um, mm-hmm. he's been um, See, we I had a couple of people I when I sent that email around before the, before the season started <laughs> and asked the best of the yeah, worst I was one a couple of, of people said Fabro was going to be the worst signing and I, I was one of them I, I exactly. said that he, he could yeah. prove to be one of the best of I thought he was um, going to be very. Uh, he was fairly ordinary not in the first used match. To the rhythm. Since then. He's, he's been bedding in. He's not done anything sort of spectacular yet, but he's definitely. I think he's kind of trying to fit in the Argentine way of playing. I mm. think he's used to the Paraguayan way of playing, which is obviously a bit slower, but uh, also more physical, mm. which is meant to help his playing style because. Obviously, defenders here are technical, but also very physical, yeah. and he, he's used to that kind of defending. Yeah. But um, I think he was very good. He was very good against Central. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he got a 2 out of 10 from La Nación Deportiva <laughs> who didn't even seem to be at the field when they yeah. actually put the, the scores because everything they were they, they were writing in the yeah, in the paper right. seemed to be just lifted from the TV transmission sure. so <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah they, they gave him a 2 out of 10 for the red card and apparently having played like shit and I thought he was very no, he was one of the best guys uh, playing up, up there of course He's, he's not a goal scorer, so... No, but he, he, brings, a bit, he brings a bit of quality yeah. in an area which River Plate haven't had That's quality and, and composure more than anything. Because Lancini has a lot of quality, but he doesn't have, he doesn't have the pass, he, doesn't have the, he does have the vision, but he doesn't release the ball when he should. No, but yeah. but uh, Fabro does. And he doesn't have leadership. Lancini, incidentally, is mm. one of the players who impressed me most against Godoy Cruz because he was, especially yeah. in the second half, he was picking the ball up around the halfway line instantly had somebody right up his backside trying to tackle him and he was riding so many of those challenges or, or just knocking it through the guy's legs or past the person and then, and then getting around and getting to the ball again um, superb it, it's just a shame there was nothing in front of him and this is another thing another reason that Teo's going to be so important is yeah, that true. for all that <clears throat> Simeone is obviously a talented striker Teo when he comes into the team is suddenly going to make opposing defenders start thinking we're going to have to defend like five yards yeah, further back yeah. the pitch now and that's sure. going to give Rivers midfield a little more space. Um, so on the one hand, maybe the performances for the team are going to improve once they have a, a, a stronger striker up front. But on the other, as I keep going back to, the transfer uh, policy over this winter break clearly was not good enough for River. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, I agree. Well, the other thing is that in amongst all of this, by all accounts, um, the money, River paid the money. And it's Cruz Azul who are kicking their feet and ankles oh, really? and... and yeah, taking their time. So, um, and there, there are businessmen in the, in the middle who are trying to make a fast buck on this one by messing about. Football. I mean, can you can you imagine it? Um, so, uh, so it's it's not all all River Plate. They are being messed about a little bit, but that's part and parcel of it. And, and you need to realise that this is going to happen and legislate for that. So, not conduct your business at the tail tail end of. No. The, uh, Totally. Uh, the although, although when this all started kicking off, um, when Crusasol first released their statement saying River haven't paid us, we want Tail back in training this Monday, like two <laughs> weeks ago. Um, we don't even want the money anymore, we just want the player back. I did receive a, a tweet from um, our regular listener, uh, Ursus Arctos, who said, if I were River I'd just pay up now 
and, and go begging to Cruz Azul because nobody does concrete overshoes quite like the people who own <laughs> Cruz Azul. They're very, very dodgy people, apparently. Um, so there you go. Um, aside from, from Rivers' thrilling nil-nil draw against Godoy Cruz, we had a 2-1 win for Boca against Atletico Rafaela. Yeah. Vastly improved Boca performance. Massively. Massively. They actually look like Boca again. And I hate to say it, um, but they looked effective. They the winner is, is a sensational goal. Probably yeah. is yeah. Yeah. the end of a goal of the season. From the it's teamwork very, and, yeah. every, and it's, it's, it's what, five good. players involved in, in, in who's total. Sc- who scored it, John? Emmanuel Insua, who I believe is cousin to Emiliano Insua, yeah. um, ex well, several. But um, where is he now? Sporting or Sporting? I think. Yeah. It was. I think he's moved. You know. I think he was at Sporting, but ex Liverpool anyway, which is when he, he really came to to the limelight. Um, and he uh, and and Insua was on loan at, Bo- at Godoy Cruz last year. So I wonder whether he, he learned a bit of his finishing from Mr. Palermo. <laughs> but he's uh, otherwise quite an unspectacular but decent left back. Uh, but he finished off just this ridiculous move. Yeah, he's, he's a, sensational. Emiliano is now at Atletico Madrid. He is, isn't he? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. It was a fantastic, fantastic goal. You're, you're quite right. Um, and the first one by Riquelme, I also have to say that it's not an easy goal at all to make. I mean, I've no, seen totally. a million plays like that. It was the, one of those. The cases. first goal, okay, mm-hmm. was was a bit strange uh, in in many ways. Rafael, a goalkeeper. Uh, Nestor Conde played the ball out and was it Eramuspe or Nice, nice one, one of the two centre-backs for some reason I don't think he meant to chip it it must have bobbled in front of him or something because why on earth would he chip it from the edge of the box but it chipped it back to the goalkeeper um, and it was going between the posts and the only way the goalkeeper could keep it out was to tip it around the post which of course handling a back pass means indirect free kick right on the six yard um, line which uh, Juan Sanchez Mino not Leon, Leonardo Paredes, no. as some, some idiot tweeted during the match. Um, <laughs> Several times, I noticed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> knocked it to, to Riquelme to finish high into the, the corner. But, but what was funny this. was that it was so far back that the players had to be... that The whole Rafaela team was standing on the line, mm. just kind of like a man wall trying yeah. to block Riquelme's shot. And he just managed to put it in the no, corner. Right. It's tremendously difficult. It's the, where he put it is the only place where exactly. he could score Exactly. It. And it seems so easy when you see it. When you watch it, it seems to be so easy to do. And think, I could do that. Yeah. And then you actually think about it and think, <laughs> probably, probably not. No, not at all. <laughs> but it was, it was very much... I think I remember seeing Alan Shearer scoring one like that. And it is literally... It, you need to absolutely smash it, as both Shearer used to do and obviously McKellen did. But also... <laughs> the, the, yeah, the precision. Yeah. The you precision have to, be, you have to is, sky it without quite skying it over the crossbar. Sky exactly. it sort of just under yeah. the crossbar. Um, no, it was, it was a brilliant goal. It brilliant. was amazing. Really. Yeah. And, and he went and shook Bianchi's hand when he, when he scored. Um, we should mention Rafaela's temporary equaliser just before half-time, scored by Lucas Albertengo, purely because I want to ask you, Santi, whether there's any kind of English translation for that surname. I have the... Something? <laughs> I have the Albert. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, certainly. Joe, um, you have your hand up. Uh, yeah, I did want to just add something, which is that at Boca they're all convinced that they've, they've turned the corner and that um, Bianchi no, had, they, had, they had they a word match. And well, there's that. But but but, the, but Bianchi um, had a word with his players and sort of said, you know, I don't want any more criticism on the pitch. You know, we're all pulling in the same direction, so no more messing about. And and that although he. He said, um, I don't want anyone speaking to the press about this, and that the press found out about this. Despite that, it does seem like he's managed to, to build up a, a solid group, that, and he's starting to get the team spirit sort of going a little bit more. And I think that really was reflected 
in their performance. They were, just, they were a completely different side, and they're passing it really well. Mm. Yeah. Really well. Um, Riquelme, of course, is in, in excellent form. Sanchez Minion was great. Um, they're excellent. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's funny how. Um, defending set pieces, but that's going to yeah. take a, probably a while longer to sort out, given that it's already been a massive problem for the last seven months. It's funny how Boca being in the best shape that we've seen them in a few months can only manage a 2 1 yeah. win at home against Rafaela. Yeah. And I think that's also because uh, Rafaela have never beaten Boca. Uh, Rafaela have never beaten Boca, but Bruchaga has made wonders with yeah. what yeah. he has. Yeah, yeah, he, he has and, and the other thing if is. It, if it's not Argentinos, it's Rafaela who has the, probably the. the, the you know, I'm not going to say the worst, but the cheapest squad uh-huh. in the whole league. Uh-huh. Well, it's probably it's the managed. place, possibly with the exception of Bahia Blanca, where it's most difficult to get players to yeah. want to move there as well in, in the Argentine Primera. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Mendoza's got his charms. Yeah. Rosario and, and Cordoba, of course, are big cities yeah. outside Santa of the Rafaela. I only found out Rafaela was in the city nine years ago. Not that bad. Yeah. So no, no, not in the Primera anymore. You know, no, no, so, exactly. Yeah. And, and the other thing with, with that is, as I mentioned, Rafael have never beaten Boca, but they've played them, I think, now seven times. Um, the record is five wins for Boca and two draws, and those two draws have come in the three matches prior to the most recent one, yeah. which shows they are you know, slowly improving. They're kind of creeping closer. Previously, mm-hmm. they played four, right. lost four, and now right. they, you know, um, they've played seven and, and, and drawn a couple. Um, so they are improving against the big... T- and, and although this sounds very facile to to say and very kind of oh yeah but they've barely played it's, it's quite a big thing for, for a club the size of Rafaela or Olimpo or whatever the fact that they've never beaten River or Boca becomes a big thing and then yeah, when they first do is. get that win as we mentioned when San Martín did it last season um, well, as we mentioned a couple of times last season or the season before there were Boca lost for the first time ever to teams in La Bombonera mm. and it becomes a big thing for that yeah, club it it's like this is our first win against it's like the FA Cup final in England. Actually, Arsenal have never won here in the Monumental. Never. Is that true? Right. Never. Well, and they've played how many times? I mean, what, 12 times? Or many times. In the and we actually uh, beat them at the Copa Sudamericana here, but it was a draw and it was uh, penalties. Uh-huh. And then we beat them at penalties, yeah. but never won an actual right. match. Right. And never won at the Amalfitani Vélez either. Okay. Never. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so when we do do make our you know get, get the away win there it's going to be a, a big thing mm. it is yeah 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 it is sure. mm-hmm. um, other results from the weekend I think the only one we've really not mentioned at all is Gimnasia versus Central the, the clash of two promoted sides which was a 3-1 win great for start for Mr. Trogli because Gimnasia actually level I mentioned at the very start that I can think of the top of the league Gimnasia a second they're only behind on goal difference which of course if they finish first and second on goal difference <coughs> at the end of the season there's a yeah. playoff they don't use goal difference um, and Ignacio have a game in hand because as we mentioned yeah. they've got to play Newell's impressive so Ignacio have played two and won two uh, beat River in the first, first uh, weekend 1-0 with that slightly iffy penalty but they all count uh, even if they shouldn't have been allowed apparently and then they beat they beat Central 3-1 and Central I want to talk about Central as much as, as Ignacio because Central looked fantastic the first yeah. weekend yeah. <clears throat> beat Kilmes 2-0 at home blew them away the atmosphere as we expect at Rosario Central's ground is off the hook Luna was insanely good Yeah. and since then they've looked I mean they've they played two in a row away because uh, because they've got to no they haven't got to play Newell still have they but they've just ended up with two away matches in a row for some reason um, and they've lost them both like, yeah what's happened first weekend they looked this the best I only saw them against, against River and it wasn't a bad performance could have been it. Could have gone no, either way. No, no, absolutely, way. no, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's another one where 
you know, if, if you're struggling for something to say, just reach for the for the cliche about the coach, right? Which is Miguel Angel Russo, which is a guy who won the Libertadores with Boca, but also who did very poorly with Estudiantes. So, you know, swings both ways. Is he a good coach? Yes. On going on certain form, no. On other, I mean, you know. I think Central are sorely missing Jesus Mendes. Uh, yeah. It's so sad to see him um, just, it's you know, great. being he's a, a... He's a Boca, right? He's, he's a Boca as a substitute, yeah. And he was brilliant. He's always been brilliant in Rosario. And yeah. I, I think yeah. the Rosario team are, are missing mm. We are all his really, guidance. Sorry, but we are all just really waiting for a penalty so that Abreu... <laughs> yeah, can, can anchor it right. So that Abreu can can look or Abreu it. I think you'll find Joel because that's all. Be, that's but I think the goalkeeper so. is going to be expecting the same. So if I was well, Abreu, I, I would just this is it. exactly. exactly. So <laughs> it's like seventeen in a row he scored in that manner. It's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, Latin Americans never. Refer, no, none of them have a clue who Panenka was. They just refer to it as Loco Abreu. Yeah. Mm. That's what he does. Yeah. Deeply, it, it's really stupid as well. They say, oh, he's got such you know brass balls to to do that. And you're like, he's. Yeah. He's fucking stupid to do it. Because he came <laughs> up against a goalkeeper who knew what was going to happen. They just stand there and catch it. Yeah, but he could, he, he's always going to have that. He, he could always say, "I abrilled it at the World Cup." Yeah, I mean, few people can say that. That's no, true. absolutely. Semi final, no, no Zidane, Pirlo. Who else? Zidane, Zidane World was Cup. amazing. Yeah, because yeah. Panenka was in the European Championship. I, I remember a few a few weeks ago when. Um, uh, a goal scorer from Luján, who I can't remember. This was in the Primera C. Was playing for the relegation, this is not the like. promotion. This the is relegation. Why we like having you on, Santi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of this. You don't get this from Edwards. Edwards goes, "I yeah. want to wear Brassy." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, yeah, for, for a relegation final. Amazing. So if if they lost, they they were going down, and he penenka the, the penalty. That yeah. takes a lot of balls as well. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, um, that's a rose ball. Uh, uh, th- uh, those stadia, half the people in the stadiums are about yeah. brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they can get straight onto the pitch easily, which of course they could never do in the Primera. Um, <laughs> anyway, that, that pretty much wraps up uh, our, our review yeah. of the weekend just gone. We, the, there's I, something I else about um, uh, Estudiantes. It, it was very oh, sad right. to see. Um, much better this weekend. Yeah, it was very sad. It, it's very sad because um, they've obviously lost um, Duban Zapata, yep. who I had well, a chance to see. Have they though? Yes. Uh, it's yes. He's not gone yet. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, it's been to Napoli. Is he in Napoli? Yes, yeah, ten million dollars. I couldn't understand why QPR yeah, QPR are on the second division, right? You know? yeah, yeah. Why would they turn down such an amazing forward? He's and very, very good. And after doing seemingly everything they could to sign him, fly him over, give him his work visa and so on as well, and then Harry Redknapp turns around and says, no, we don't need him, which was bizarre. Um, strange. But the reason, strange. the reason that I was showing some doubt was that he, uh, Estudiantes, for some reason I can't see Estudiantes the logo there, where is it? Oh, it's because it's off the bottom of the screen. Drew 1-1 away to Lanús uh, last night. Yep. No, uh, two nights ago, Monday night. Two nights ago. Uh, it's Wednesday tonight, isn't it? It, it was very sad because um, uh, they, they lost Zapata, but they have Franco Jara, who was meant to be the replacement. <laughs> brilliant and who played Fantastic. A, but he played a brilliant match. And then you know, he, he got... <laughs> yeah, but he, he got injured. And now he's going to be five exactly. months so away. Four to six months. Yeah. Four to six months. How can you let your... Cold, That's cold cynic. This, you know, this, this, this is his livelihood. Man. This, this is a, this is the striker who we mentioned um, last season. Scored on the last day, scored a goal to put San Lorenzo four 0 up. 
yeah. which was his first goal for the club, having having played something second, like we established his last sort of second, yeah, second, yeah, um, and then put his finger to his lips to, to shush the fans. Yeah, but fair, he was brilliant in Arsenal. He was, was brilliant. He was brilliant Arsenal. That guy moved to Europe. He went to Granada, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Then came back because he didn't do so well in Spain. He didn't do badly, I think, in his first year in Spain. But then yeah. I think second no, it's, that, that's well. a big step up. I wouldn't hold that against. Yeah, and uh, the San Lorenzo supporters had a um, we want Hada to leave petition online going so I mean it's fair enough if he did score so it's like, well, you know, he's, he knows he's leaving so you know so all, all of you he, he's out as is his, his brother Leonardo Hara uh, who's not actually his brother they just have exactly the same surname uh, they both picked up right knee ligament injuries in the same game Leonardo's out yeah. for I think two months and Franco is out Franco the forward who we just mentioned is out for four to six uh, Guido Carricho scored for Estudiantes with an, a brilliant overhead kick um, after some Slightly iffy defending from Lanus, uh, who tried to clear it off the line. The clearance hit a Lanus defender in the face and just bounced up perfectly for Carrillo to overhead kick it in. Fifty seconds into the match, hmm. um, Lanus then equalised through Lato Acosta, but that was Lanus's worst performance of the season easily. I thought, even though they they lost um, the previous weekend to, to Atletico Rafaela they were very poor against the Estudiantes, possibly slightly tired from the Racing game that we, that we mentioned earlier. Um, but Estudiantes themselves, without Juan Sebastián Merón as well, he was out with a calf injury. Um, yeah. might, he should be back in time for this weekend's match. Actually looked much better than I've seen them look for a while. They, they were creating chances. A fair bit in the second half from sort of just outside the box around the really clear-cut stuff, but looking cohesive. Yeah. Again, I mean, if it weren't for the injuries, you'd be wondering whether they were... Possibly starting to yeah, but they to just they to have to go looking for a forward right now, which is why they were trying to to hold the transfer of Dubas Zapata. Of course, I mean whether Zapata would have agreed to stay is another matter because of course he is claiming yeah, yeah. that Estudiantes haven't paid him for months. Yeah, all. that's that's a problem. My, my, one of my best friends is an Estudiantes fan, and he's told me that Estudiantes' economic situation is mm. very bad, and that mm. um, they promised. Duan to get a better contract and everything and he just said I don't care about the contract because yeah. you're not paying me so yeah, even, yeah, if it's it's even if you're going to give me a paper that says you're going to pay me more if yeah. you don't pay me it's yeah. so that's why he, he doesn't apparently want to come back so it's going to be a hard it's going to be a tough spot play in Italy you know it's going to be but it's going to be a tough spot for um, for estudiantes if they have either Duban or Franco Jara well, they were really brave for Jara Jara's yeah. not playing so yeah, that, who's going to play that is a problem yeah, for sure. There is there is um, a clause that if there's an injury for I think it has to be six months, then they're able to to bring a player. But obviously the problem is where do you get the player from? Yeah, uh-huh. and so where do you, you get the money from? Yeah, yeah. Although if that's presumably if if they get um, Zapata, I don't know how much the percentage that Estudiantes have of Zapata. I think he, uh, his property of a um, sure. grupo empresario, of an empresarial. It is. Yeah. Most most Estudiantes are businessmen. Businessmen. That's the word. Um, I'm for. But I think it's fifty-fifty. Is it? I'm not one hundred percent on that. But well, it's not too it's bad. Could be could be worse for an Argentine club. It's pretty good. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, and the other match was was all boys one. But Southfield one. Uh, Julio Cesar Falcioni is all boys looking very much how we expected them to look. Really, I think the the, the new signings are betting in well. We had a, a, a golazo from Nicolas Colasso in against Estudiantes in the Copa Argentina yeah. uh, last week to, to win 1-0, so all boys are in the semi-finals of the Copa Argentina. Um, and Javier Campora scored his first goal for um, all boys. 
just went blank for a second. There I'm looking at the name on the screen. Um, scored his first goal for them to, to equalise after. No, sorry, to put them 1 0 up. And then uh, Maxi Pellegrino scored an own goal to equalise. It was actually awarded to Fabian Cubero, but he admitted after the match on Football Paratodos that, that he hadn't scored it. Um, so that's a lot. We're going to take a break, very quick break now, and, and refill our glasses. And when we come back, we will uh, just cover a couple of things in in Europe because there are one or two things. Well, there's one thing to talk about that I'd like to mention, just to get some hits, really. Um, and second division. Yes, Santi wants to say to say something about the second division, um, and we will answer a few questions. to mention if only so that we can get some people to actually listen to this podcast because I'll, I'll put it in the description I, I'm a shameless uh, plugger we, we mentioned at the very beginning of the season as one or two of you might have heard that an Argentine has been appointed to manage a European club um, Gerardo Martino is the man that we're talking about uh, as I was on my way up here they, they drew 1-1 I think away to Atletico Madrid in the first round of the Spanish Super Cup but his competitive debut uh, was at the weekend and they did acceptably well didn't they? Do either of you see it? I've seen the goals. Tell yeah. us about them, Joel, because I've not seen very much of it at all. Uh, well, there are lots of them. Yes. Um, and <laughs> Six in the first half and, I mean, and the seventh. It's just, pathetic. it's just pathetic. It's just, I mean, li- uh, the contrast in budgets, in re- resources, in just, it, it's just so uh, vast now in Spain that you get seven nils on, on the opening yeah. day. It's Obviously, seven nils exist in every single league and division in the world, but... It is a tendency in Spain whereby um, Barcelona is just ridiculously good. Um, but it's, I mean, obviously a sensational start for um, Mr. Martino. Barcelona, uh, exactly the same. Passing it, no, great sure movement. Exactly. I saw, a, from, what I, from what I saw... 7 nil, Sam. From what I saw and from, from what I heard, <laughs> they're, they're pressing much further, playing far more the Guardiola style than, than uh, what Tito Villanova was doing last season, where they were pressing more selectively. Um, Let's say, and, and that was one of the points that Martino made in the press conference afterwards. He kind of said there was nothing really new that happened today. I just had to remind the players of some of the stuff that they already had. He, he used the word archivada, uh, archived, saved, um, somewhere in, in their minds. I just had to kind of get them to do that again. Um, but yeah, not a bad start. That's that's all we're going to say on Martino, really. I think uh, he's he's sub Messi at half time today, which apparently uh, was some controversy. It, well, it looks like he's in trouble, injury wise. Yes. Right. Apparently so. Um, but people will know much more about this than we know now by the yes. time they listen to it, so yeah. it's probably not worth uh, going into it too much. But uh, but no, it's a massive challenge, and it is very interesting to see how, how he goes in. And of course, because it is Messi, because it's Barcelona, he will be, his performances will be dissected and reviewed and criticised and everything. Yeah. In real time during the games, no, and but um, but it's, it's, I'm delighted to see it because he's also a fairly decent debut from what I've heard from a former River Plate manager who is uh, making his debut on the wrong side of Manchester on Monday night. Um, but I don't think there's much to say about that really, and all about this. You, out of all the ex teams that you mentioned, River Plate, he's, he's more closely linked to Sandrine, so isn't he? 
Oh, he won a title at River Plate, and, and he was manager at River Plate when I went to see them ten years ago in my first ever Argentine match. I, um, I don't think you've ever mentioned that on, on Hannibal. No, probably not. It was also Javier Mascherano's debut, and I don't think I've ever mentioned <laughs> that either. Really? De- definitely, definitely not. And, and uh, Marcelo Salas' return to the club. I tell you what, this is when this is why the reason I didn't watch All Boys Villas is because it, it came on straight after City uh, Newcastle. Mm. And going from watching City, who were just sensational, to them watching All Boys Velis, I, That's I, the only I just couldn't do it. I, I had to turn off. <laughs> there we go. Um, turn it out there. You, you can expect a few more updates on uh, Gerardo Martino and a few more belittlings of Manchester City until they inevitably win the title at the end of the season. Um, they were, did you not see the game? No, I, I, I didn't. Mean, they, they had um... be, be, because there was the All Boys Venice match, which unfortunately I really kind of have to try and watch for, for work. Hmm. Still, I, I went out for a, for a walk beforehand to try, and it was a beautiful day. So I yeah. preferred to spend spend the afternoon out in the in the sun. <laughs> Basically, it's a valid reason. But and you I were talking about um, watching um, City Tottenham yeah. instead of All Boys Well, I had the reverse. Process. I was watching um, Barcelona just, you know, just take a walk with whatever and Spanish team they put in <laughs> front of them. It was like six goals in one half, and I just grew bored of it and switched to a real match, which was Banfield against Sportivo Belgrano de San Francisco Cordoba. Right, this is a very, good, this is a very good segue because Santi is now going to give Which us is a real tournament where Sa- you don't know. I mean, Mystic Sam would get like 8 out of 10 right in La Liga. Oh, easily, yeah. It's... I'm in a Premier League uh, predictions. Yeah, Premier League uh, may be a bit more competitive, but La Liga... No, 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 no but this is what I'm saying. Two I, against 18. I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm in a Premier League predictions league um, with with various friends here in Buenos Aires and, and in England, um, and I do a lot better in that than I ever do. Of course. You know, even in my properly analytical Hong Kong um, previews for, mm-hmm. for the Argentine Primera. It's very unpredictable, and I think that's one of the main draws of the... And this segues in beautifully to Santiago's lower league uh, roundup. Santi, tell us what's going on. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, about the uh, upper, uh, lower divisions. First of all, how are Independiente doing? Uh, Independiente are doing very, very badly. Uh, they um, they lost the first match against Brown de Droguea. I think you may have covered this yeah, yeah, a we couple of weeks before. Then they drew a match uh, where they had, um, they had a player being sent off at... 25 minutes in the first half. Yeah, that's right. Um, this was in Corrientes against Boca Unidos. It was a decent Bo- performance. Just say that a bit more slowly for the benefit. Boca yeah. Unidos. Boca Unidos, not Boca Juniors. Boca Unidos. No relation whatsoever. No not, relation not whatsoever. LinkedIn no, at all. not at all. And uh, it was a decent, decent enough performance. Uh, they didn't manage to win the match, but they did have a couple chances with one less player playing in an away match in Corrientes. Not an easy place to play so you were expecting them to really get it get into form in this home game against Aldo Civi yeah. which had lost the first two matches so they had no points at all and they actually started off pretty good uh, it was a 2-0 at halftime with one goal by Rolfi Montenegro and another by Mancuesho after a very nice string of passes mm. and then everything just basically <laughs> fell down and they drew 2-2 didn't get to see the last half, so it was very surprising for me when I, I learned via Twitter that they had drawn the match because they were vastly superior in the first half. So now they're standing with two points out of nine, and they have an away game against Atletico Tucumán next weekend. 
Uh, it's going to be on Saturday night. Atletico Tucumán, a relatively recent uh, Primera yep. side. They've been in it, I don't think since we recorded Hand of Pod, but certainly since I've, I mean, easily since I've started yeah, yeah. up my blog, I started the Emperor. Not too long ago. 2007, that was started. And they were in it's not San Martín de Tucumán, it's the other team. Yeah. And um, so there's been a lot of talk that if they don't manage to get an away win in Tucumán, Brindis is going to have to step down from the managerial The thing job. is, of course, that as, as English Dan kind of hinted last week, uh, Racing fans are having a lot of fun with this because Independiente, have, not only have they gone down to the B, but they've also, we, we mentioned in, in the, after the first weekend of the season, that they've become the first of the big five clubs who've been in the B, which are uh, obviously all of them but, but Boca, so River, um, San Lorenzo, Racing and Independiente. Independiente are the only ones to have failed to win their first match. Uh, not only that, but they lost the first match, and not only that now, of course, because Santi says they've they've failed to they win won one any. of the first three. Um, yeah, I mean, a, t- a team, you know, supporters of teams who've been down twice need to chill out. But um, but in terms of Independiente, um, they're it's not just Brindisi who's in trouble. We were talking about it just before we started recording. There's there's a movement from the opposition um, on a very political level, which you know is kind of beyond what's going on on the pitch, but um, but mm. obviously has so much importance in, on, on what happens at the club. Um, they want they want to get rid of Cantero, the the the, the president who who kind of was very well known because he took on the Barra Bravas and realised he couldn't do so much and had to kind of take a bit of a step back. He's made very bad decisions, probably on a sporting level. but Which he admits to himself. Completely. In fairness to him, it's not absolutely, like he's trying Absolutely. To and so um, they're trying to push for, uh, to bring the elections forward, basically to get rid of him. And it just, you know, all this going on in the back, back, background just doesn't help at all. Doesn't help independent. Doesn't no, help DC. Doesn't, doesn't help any of the players concentrate. There's, I mean, there's such a big level of nervousness in yeah, independent yeah. fans and supporters and everything. And this is a very long championship. It's 42 matches. They've only just played yeah. three of them, and the first three teams get promoted. Mm. So one fourteenth of the way through. The yeah, it's like it's three very. Percent. It's a very long way to go, and they just started it. So I, I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's a bit not an ideal start, and it's not an ideal we start. At the beginning of the season, we said after the first match that that Independiente they're not going to find it as easy as, as say River did. River didn't even find it that easy, but well, no, River did have a, a, a good no, no, side. River had a nightmare. Every time that well, River did score three points, no, of course they did. But on the last on the last game with an offside goal, no, uh, no. River Plate had a nightmare coming up. And every, no, no, game, no. every game that they didn't didn't win, the fans were absolutely. Mad. No, I realise that, and, and so it's a very difficult situation. What, what, I, mean, what I mean is that a independent don't have obviously they're, they're a big five side and, and the country's watching, but not to not to the same degree that that River. But just because there's fewer fans doesn't make it. And, and also the season that River Plate went down, they actually finished sixth in the season long table. They, they were the sixth best team in the Primera that season. They went down. They improved the squad. Independiente finished seventeenth in the season long table last year and have not improved the squad. So they're going to find it more difficult to to go up. This is this is the thing that we said in the first couple of episodes yeah. of this season. Um, even so, I don't think we were expecting also the, them. The team that ended sixth was completely dismantled. So mm. I mean, it's all relative. But you're right that independent they haven't improved as much as they needed to. And as Santi was saying, there is a, a degree of sort of uh, anxiety around the club that no one is is managing to get rid of. On top of all this, Bebote, who's the the former Barabrava leader, big baby. Big baby, um, who's not such a big baby because he's involved in all kinds of things, has um, sent the club um, a letter, carta de documento. What was it in English? A legal document saying that he should be, he must be uh, uh, allowed back at the stadium. (laughs) 
No joke. This is similar to what De Sale did with Boca yeah, exactly. a few months ago. Well, it's, it's exactly the same move. So, so ultimately, what the situation is we have a, a proven hooligan who was robbing from the club, who was taking the club essentially to court so that he's allowed to go back to watch the club play. This is, you know, yeah. very That's simple the situation. language what, what the situation is. Human rights, this is the thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is why they shouldn't be allowed, damn it. This is why this country's going down, um, right? So Regarding Independiente, I think the best player by far has been Pisano, Matias Pisano, who yeah. came from Chacarita, and I have no clue why he's not in the starting eleven. Yeah, right. Everyone was so excited when they signed him. Everyone said this is like the best signing uh, in the whole window, not just. And he was very good in Corrientes. Uh Every time he touched the ball, something was happening. Something, and nothing was happening before he came in. So I'm very Uh mystified as to why he's not playing in the first in the starting Um, eleven. I have a question. Sorry, go on. Uh, For Santi, I'm I'm not going to divert from this. Um, You mentioned Banfield. Yeah. How, How are they getting on with Almeida? Um, not too, not too well. They they had an away loss against Sportivo Belgrano, who just went up from the Argentino A. Uh, it was a three-one loss. Didn't really seem to, don't seem to be striking the pace. And right. uh, Almeida seems to be, you know, going back to the medication for for, <laughs> for this week at least. And um, was controversial. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, and the, the the first positions in the. Um, in the Primera B are, are taken by clubs who you wouldn't expect to be up there. You yeah, have the Justicia, Ferro, Ferro, Ferro. Um, but Ferro have been so mediocre in the last decade. Decade of of um, B Nacional. They they won an amazing Fer- home Ferro, match. It was a two nil. If Ferro's name sounds sounds familiar and to any long term Hunter Pod listeners, and you can't quite remember where from, it's because they they're the team that Australian Dam supports. Uh, mm. By the way, on Ferro, they have been very. Sick quite rightly very mediocre the last uh, decade they do also have former club directives in, in the courts for uh, Malek um, oh, yeah absolutely oh, for um, essentially cooking the books uh, embezzling money from the club and whatnot. I mean it's oh. it's very far advanced so this explains why it, the it's not it's not that you know we talk about bad administrations it's not um, people who are naive or, or yes. just not not very good at their job no, no. Uh, all our clubs have the same problem it's criminal yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. exactly and it always and goes to the courts but it never comes to any sentencing or anything because they always happen to get off on a technicality or whatever so yeah. uh, it's a shame because Federal are one of the, the great clubs in Argentina yeah it's one yeah. of the greatest clubs in uh, in Argentina in, in Buenos Aires football history yeah, yeah. The only w- when you go to Cavachito and see the stadium you really think why isn't this club in the Primera because yeah. it's such a massive yeah. big stadium that's meant for the Primera not in the best condition not in the best condition Um, it hasn't been used for the Primera for a long long time but what it is 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 the only stadium or they're the only club in in the whole of Greater Buenos Aires Greater Buenos Aires has more stadia um, than more football stadia than any other urban area on the planet and Ferro Stadium is the only one that is where the pitch is still on the original location Um, they're over 100 years old they're the only club who've never moved the pitch. I think they rotated it 90 degrees, but the centre circle is still in sort of within about 20, 20 yards of where the the, the original one was. And um, it's in such a central location in Buenos Aires. You, you, it's 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 hard to find a stadium that's such in such a central location. Yeah. Most yeah, stadiums they're, they're, are yeah, they're, they're in they're in mid the geographical yeah, yeah. Of the city, aren't they? They're, mm-hmm. they're the closest um, closest stadium to it. Yeah. And uh, in the mid 80s, went up to the Primera and won was it back to back league titles. Or, sure. or two out of three or something one, of, one of which was undefeated yeah. they're, they're one of only like, three clubs ever yeah, to win the Argentina without losing a match mm-hmm. what? so well yeah they're second won a 2-0 match 
uh, I think they hadn't won <laughs> a match like they won against, uh, I think it was Atletico Tucumán at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a match that they said, okay, this was our match. We won it fair and straight. It was just a straight win. Mm-hmm. Had been a very, very long time since they got the three points in this, in this, uh, in this way. So, yeah, it's looking good for Ferro. Sarmiento also looking pretty good. But, of course, this has just begun. As I said, it's 42, um, 42 matches. Only three matches have gone. So, yeah, yeah, anything can happen. Uh, any other happen. stories from, from the, the lower division? Santi, you were mentioning something when we took a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was at the Platense Stadium, which is also uh, one of those teams that... Also not uh-huh. very far from here. Just, just outside the city boundary. Yeah, yeah just outside. When you get out of the city boundary, the first thing you see is the and, Platense Stadium. And Platense are the club, although he doesn't support them, Platense are the club that uh, David Trezeguet played at before moving to, to Monaco. That's true. And they're one of the top clubs in... The, if you see the historical top 20... Yeah, of the Argentine, they're, they're there, like Ferro, like Atlanta, or like many other teams that aren't doing too good right now. Um, well, I went to see my my third division team, which is Defensor de Belgrano, uh, playing an away match there, and um, had a had a very nice time. And um, next week we're playing against because it wasn't Platense playing a home game there; it was a Casuso, which is a very small team, mm-hmm. almost no supporters whatsoever. Um, I have to show you the picture of the Barra Brava of Acasuso, which is a very, very depressing and sad the, picture. The Barra Brava, one of <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they came in a couple cars. Yeah. <laughs> it was like 50 guys. Um, so next match is, is meant to be against Platense, which is... Um, for us, it's the Clásico. <laughs> for us, because um, Platense and when you used say to, used to play... you're not talking about Arsenal anymore, you're talking about, about Defensores, who play... Defensores. Did I say Arsenal? Yeah, no, no, no. No, no, no I'm just I'm he clarifying. Was, was yeah, I have, uh, I have no, no, two teams. Oh, for the observant list, listeners, uh, yeah, 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 I have two teams. One of the first divisions. I just want to make completely. completely yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Defensores. And um, of course, Platense have a, have a history of being in the Primera, and they think that their Clásico is Argentinos. They, they say that the Clásico is Argentinos, mm. and that's it. And um, I just was tweeting that to a couple of friends to, to come over next Saturday for the match against Platense. And uh, I was saying we have the Clásico against Platense because Platense is very close to the Defensores field. So since we're in the same division and we're very close to each other, it's kind of fair to call it a Clásico for us at least, not for them evidently because um, I had something like five insulting tweets from Platense fans <laughs> who actually <laughs> seem to think that it's you know it's a nice way to spend your your nights just googling your team name and insulting everyone who says right. anything that you don't like that's what I was going to say <laughs> that's essentially what they do right they just yeah uh, yeah I wasn't it, it wasn't mentioned it was a Twitter mention, mention yeah, yeah, to right. my friends it wasn't even on my timeline so if you had followed me you wouldn't even yeah, read yeah. that so someone's actually looking up Platense and seeing what everyone's saying about Platense and if they don't like it then they go and insult you and it wasn't just one guy it was, what did they say to you? Um, they, they say that my, our Clásico was Acasuso, <laughs> which is, as I said, a very, very small team also from <laughs> northern Buenos Aires. So, yeah, this is a bit of an inside joke for anyone who knows their ascenso, like we do, obviously. Brilliant. Well, well, absolutely. Yeah, and our listeners, of course. Um, we'll move on now to, to questions. We've only had a couple. Uh, no, a couple is two. We've had four questions. That, that's how many we've had. Um, Australian Dan has, has very kindly tweeted us. I get the impression he might possibly be writing a Bleacher Report article about uh, decent emerging goalkeepers in Argentina because he's asking us to name five of them apart from Marcusin and Andrada. 
I was uh-huh. talking about Ruli before. Yeah, we mentioned Ruli, really the, stu- the boy that stood the end. And, and he really is the boy because he, he doesn't look like he shaves yet. Yeah. And he's uh, very <laughs> he's young. very he's, emerging. But he's, he's brilliant reflexes, very agile. I mean, he's, he's excellent. Mm. He's done really well. He's very good. Um, I don't have anyone else. Especially well, for the There are... There are several. I mean, there, there are several talented goalkeepers in Argentina, as, as, as Dan obviously knows. But it, it's the age restri- I mean, emerging. Could you say Gambestrini? Again, he was twenty-four, been, right? Yeah, he's plus he's been established for a while. It's not like he's, he's twenty-four. He's quite established, but he's never played in a big team before. So mm. the latter, um, Damian Martinez, Arsenal, the Bullets. Oh yeah, of course. He's, 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 he's before, the uh, yeah. Passing, we very briefly. He's the under twenties. Goalkeeper now. Uh, he was signed from Independiente um, a few years ago, and he, so he's been there already for like three or four years. Um, he got hammering in the I think the Carling Cup. It's not called that anymore, but you know which one I mean. The league, um, the Capital One Cup. Right. We're not going to mention. Um, I think Reading. I think he's got, he conceded seven or something in one so game. So he's in the proper Arsenal. But he's at the real Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah. um, uh, uh, sorry, Independiente have a story of um, pulling very very good uh, keepers Tan- from their Santoro, right? Santoro. It's because he's the coach. Right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Right? I, I don't know the reason really, yeah, but they, yeah. they, they, they have a story of Asman is one of the most recent. Well, I've got Gavarini, Ustari, Asman. They have like three. Yeah. Even last season when they went down, they had three. They've three always, goalkeepers they've who always could have had been playing starting in, as a starting goalkeeper in like the, the top half of the Primera. Yeah. They've it. always, always had um, just uh, very good young goalkeepers. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So we've got two, Ruli and um, Martinez. Yeah. I'm, not, almost tempted, I'm always tempted to say Sergio Romero, who's just signed for Monaco today, because <coughs> he's still only like 19 or something, isn't he? Like he's he is young, yeah. For, for the, the, the amount Romero. of time he's but been he's, playing... He's, he also must be like 24, 24. The amount of time that he has been first choice for Argentina, he's ridiculously yeah. he's young. Good, I, I like him, I think he's a good yeah, guy. He, of course, he, he moved to Azad Altmar when he was 18 years old and had played like two first-team matches for the Racing, literally, like... Yeah. Two or five first team matches or something. But this Racing. is it. So Romero left after two games at Racing. Damian Martinez left Independiente when he was mm. 16. I mean, there, there mm. are very few points. It's difficult yeah, to, and to and stay There's also a tendency for Argentinian teams to play with uh, experienced goalkeepers. Yeah. Very experienced. Because when you see the second division, even you, you see goalkeepers that were experienced in the Primera and just got too old for the Primera okay. and went down yeah. like you had César who Cesar, was playing yeah. at Boca Unidos yeah. now you have Martínez Guchota Ufa okay <laughs> yeah sorry I didn't mean to say it out loud uh, but yeah that, that's another case uh, there, there's many cases of um, of uh, you know just very very experienced goalkeepers mm. playing in um, Actually, next match in Defensores is gonna the the Platense goalkeeper is Claudio Flores, who was a Peñarol goalkeeper something like 15 years ago. Now oh, yeah. we don't even know how old he is, and he's still he's still <laughs> playing. It's amazing. Uh, oh no, I was about to say the, the guy's replaced. Um, Cambiaso has been in all boys for ages. Yeah. Yeah. You have in Belgrano uh, just uh, Rodrigo's brother Olave. He's also right, been yeah. there for yeah. 10 years or so. Mm. So, goalkeeping is not the position where you find a lot of promising youths here. No, it's, it's, I, I guess it's probably the most, at least by the standard of the Argentine league, it's the most overloaded with, with really quite decent players. Yeah. And it's not as if any of them could, could be immediate first choice for national teams all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but to a far greater extent than elsewhere, where outfield players will get snapped up by European clubs very easily. Argentina does produce a lot of decent goalkeepers, not decent. spectacular, but not even, even the very best. I mean, arguably Romero. Sasha. Under a decent, uh, under a different national team manager, would be second choice to say Willy Caballero. It's not as if anybody's calling Willy Caballero the best goalkeeper in the world. They're wondering no. maybe why he's not being picked for Argentina, but yeah. that's a different matter. Um, but they, Argentina produces a very high quantity of sort of decent to, to very good goalkeepers without necessarily producing any magnificent yeah, sort of era-defining ones. Um, so there you go, Dan. That, 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 that's the non-answer to your question. Um, Alan Lacasse asks if Argentina win this is a very good question I like this one if Argentina win the World Cup next year will Messi be better than Maradona or is he better already I'm going to throw this open to the floor because I already know I what I'm going to say I think it's up to each you know anyone can, can, can have their own opinion on this I think there's a set uh, I think that this is a fact that we can really argue over I mean Argentinian society has Maradona on a pedestal. I think it might be a fact that we can really argue over if it weren't for the fact that, as you say, Maradona's been put on such a pedestal yeah. and, and mm-hmm. did do, uh, particularly at club level, such astonishing things with, with a, a side who wouldn't have got anywhere near those trophies yeah. otherwise. Um, yeah, I mean, Maradona's story is a, it's a story of, uh, you know, racks to riches, and uh, it's, it's hard to argue with that. But, but ultimately, again, ultimately mm-hmm. though, if... If Messi wins the World Cup next year as captain, yeah, if he, he were to even at least if he were to even become to be, be top scorer as well, which isn't out of the question, give, uh, fine. He didn't score in South Africa any any goals at all, but he was in the middle of a 16-game uh, rancher without scoring. But um, but I mean, as captain, if he wins the World Cup in Brazil, in Brazil, yeah, but in let's Brazil, not forget, because this is a major no, point. It's here. major for it's me. It's for me, into my it's, reply in a second. There's, well. there's no other if. It, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna very big. Because, no, because you can argue everything you want about Napoli, and of course what Maradona did was spectacular. A lot of players, um, just a little bit older than Messi, still talk about um, not not just Maradona, what he did for Argentine football, but what he did for the country. Yeah. And so Mar- Messi's never going to do that, but what he has done at Barcelona is simply insane. He, yeah. He's two seasons away from breaking every single record there is. Foreigner, goal scorer, top scorer at Barcelona, and top the everything. In the 21st so, century... Yeah, the argument's over. And in the 21st century, he's got a goal-scoring ratio, which is like 1950s style. Yeah, mm. that's Pushka, exactly. that's probably only Stefano exactly. didn't manage to score as many per game as he's doing. Um, but then again, as I said, the La Liga is a bit of a joke. At the it's true that it he has a 1950s record, but he has no. it because of La Liga defenders. At the moment, it is, but the thing is, that's not because La Liga is. Necess- it's not because 18 of the sides in La Liga are, are that bad. It's because Barcelona and Madrid have got to the point where they're that good. But also, he, he has the same record. He had these, he had the 16 games where he didn't score uh, under Maradona, and then a bit of a problem with Batista. I'd argue, under, by the way, under Savela, he's got a game, a goal a game. Yeah, so it's the same record no, that he has for Barcelona as he has for the national team. And so when you mentioned that just then during, yeah, about the World Cup, I would argue that the key words in that sentence are under Maradona. Yeah, for sure. No, of course. It, it, it's, uh, I've said many times that, that Maradona, as national team manager, uh, was was the first guy who really marked a before and after for, for, the, for the national team by 
putting Messi right at the very middle of yeah. it and making them all play for him. But at the same time, it's undeniable that Maradona, perhaps not the very best manager that Argentina could have chosen at the time, as we all made very clear um, when it happened, I think. Um, well, not when it happened, because of course Hannah Pop wasn't being recorded at the time, but, but sort of shortly afterwards after he, after he left the job and, and we ranted about Batista and about Maradona's spells in charge. Um, so, yeah, now that Argentina are a proper manager... There's a real chance of it happening. Um, Another thing on this, with in terms of the goals record, um, he has a similar record now in the Sabella as he does for Barcelona, which is you know very, uh, doing towards a one goal per per game. The kind of goals though that he scores for Barcelona are very different from the kind of goals yeah. he generally scores for the national team. That's true. So this is, I mean, this is a player who, who, I mean, you can't just say, oh, but he only scores those kind of goals. He scores free kicks. He scores goals on the counter. He scores tap-ins. He scores as well as making seventy percent of the amount of goals he scores himself for other yeah. players. I mean, he scores two thirds with his left foot, one third with his right foot. But he will more never have. And he will never have the position. This is what Santi was saying. He will never have the position in Argentine. No, he'll never be the first. That's, uh, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, yeah. I it's think like, just from a sporting standpoint, I think it's quite clear that he's probably even better than Maradona at this yeah. point. But from a you know, el relato, as we say here, yeah, from the, exactly. the story standpoint, you, you have this guy who comes from Villa Fiorito, one of the poorest slums in Buenos Aires. He goes and plays for Boca, first for Argentinos, then for Boca. You have the video where he's saying he's a very poor kid and he's saying, "I want to win the World Cup." Yeah. And then he actually does it, and he beats the English after the Malvinas War with a goal with his but, hand and with the winning, best goal in the story. I mean, it's uh, just, winning, it's winning, just winning, amazing winning, winning, story. Winning in Brazil is up there with the English. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Could, could, could be, be a new story, was, but yeah. this story is, is, is very hard to beat. Yeah. Yeah. It's like very hard to beat. Plus Maradona's World Cup. Well, okay. First of all, the 1978 World Cup, win, which was Argentina's first, lots of Argentines even today are suspicious of it. Yeah, because I mean. All of our listeners, I'm sure, will be able to, to know why. It's the same reason that you're all suspicious of it, basically. Um, the, Mar- the 86 one in Mexico with, with, with Maradona... Was the only proper one. Even though, arguably, the, whole, the team as a whole weren't as good, uh, Argentina probably could have won it in 78 without the, the government trying to, to bend it for them. Um, it, the it's the one that the people... Dictation wasn't a government, it was a dictation. Sorry, you're quite right. Yes, Sorry, wrong just one. Uh, nitpicking. No, no, you're, you're right. Um... It, the, the one that people here remember is, is, is the 1986 one yeah. um, and there's a reason for that and Maradona's of course was apart from just being one outside the country as a result of which the junta couldn't do anything to control it was the first one that was won after democracy returned as well yeah. it was only won what three years three years yeah 83 yeah, three years, democracy yeah. came out didn't it yeah. Um, so yeah there's, there's all of this that feeds in yeah. but I as think Joel says even, even if as Joel Messi says, makes it. There's going to be a lot of people that say Mar- Maradona was better. Oh, and that's really, what I'm saying. Yeah, Here in Argentina, there's going to be. But, but we're being asked for our opinions, and, and, and as Joel says, winning in Brazil is going to be enormous. Yeah. And um, as I mentioned last week, uh, Jonathan Wilson has, has been in town uh, very recently. I, I met up with him for lunch, and, and we were talking about precisely um, this issue. And he was saying to me, of course, both of us as, as, as English people would love England to win the World Cup, but both. Being, you know, having more than three brain cells, realizing that's just not going to happen, um, and so we we both want. And I'm slightly surprised to hear from him, really, that he he wants Mar- uh, Argentina to win the World Cup as well. And his reasoning was that basically that it would be hilarious uh, when when we had Tim Vickery on um, two and a bit years ago, prior to the Copa America, he he told us that if you if you're foreign and you live in Brazil, then then after a while you start to just 
celebrate every time the Brazilian national team lose because you get it rammed down your throat to such a huge extent. Happens everywhere. And I saw him again in the press. I, I saw him in the press room in La Plata after Venezuela put them out on. Sorry, Venezuela or Paraguay? It was Venezuela, wasn't it? Put them out on penalties. Um, we bumped into him in, in, in the press room in La Plata, and he was celebrating <laughs> like like crazy. And you kind of get a sense of just just how amusing it would be if if Argentina won the World Cup in because Uruguay yeah, have already done huge. it. That would be you know. It would, be it, it would be hilarious if Uruguay somehow managed to scrape qualification and did it themselves, but that's not going to happen. Argentina actually might. They're second, third favourites for it. Um, justifiably so. In my opinion, even so, Messi doesn't need it to, to be better than Maradona. Probably uh, what Messi's achieved at club level is, is several times better. Yeah. And, and, uh, OK, with, with a bigger club, it's, it's been easier for him to win European Yeah, it's true. Maradona almost made it back himself. But at the same time, if Maradona... Yeah, yeah, I mean, you if, if you're arguing from no, the straight, straight up football in standpoint, because this was Messi's better, that's it. And, and this was this was Wilson's other argument, and it's exactly what I think as well, which is that if Messi did win that World Cup, it would just shut all of these idiots up who think that he, yeah. he needs to. That's that, that's the other thing. Um, so there we go. Yeah, I, I think like there's many older people that say that Di Stefano was better than Maradona. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of older people that say that Maradona was better than Messi. But if, if he does win the World Cup after a few years, it's going to be an, just an uncontensible truth. Yeah, Messi mm. is better. Yeah. Um, Craig Craig Clark, almost as if he knew that we were going to have Santi on this week, asks. Uh, just noticed that Defensa y Justicia are top of the B. How did they come by that name? As it's seemingly pretty unique. <laughs> I was just googling this, and the only the best answer that I came up with was nobody knows. So mm. we should probably ask Seba, who you exactly. Said I was saying during the this. break that I'm I'm sure that uh, that Seba Garcia has given us an answer to that question before. I think a couple of years ago, just before River played Defensive this year, um, in in during their which was a brilliant three-three match. Yes, I exactly. I remember yeah. watching that. Um, I'm sure for some reason I have this, this feeling that Seba before that match told us how Defensive this year came by their name, and that's the only time I've found an explanation. I've been googling it as well. Um, I have not found anything. Uh, so sorry, Craig. But if you ask Seba, who on Twitter is QPR underscore ARG, uh, try and guess which which English team he supports. Um, he will possibly be able to tell you, unless I'm completely misremembering that, and he in fact didn't know himself either. Uh, finally, Phil Carney asks: Given how they've improved their squad, this is talking about Lanús uh, with Santiago Silva and Lautaro, Lautaro Acosta, for example. Do you think that Guido Pizarro's absence is the only thing preventing Lanús from being favourites for the Torneo Inicial title? I, I have them as favourites for the title, so... Yeah. There you go, so Santi says no, because he doesn't think it is preventing yeah. them. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 I think they're sure. favourites. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of um, Pizarro, and he's the kind of player that would be missed anywhere. Um, but they, they are a club that has a rare quality um, in Argentine football which is continuity and like Sparos Quilotto did very well um, when he started there Sparos Esquilotto please <laughs> sorry I pronounce this properly uh, with the E and without the S um, <laughs> so he uh, so I, I agree with Santi they, they should be there really um, but I, I thought Pizarro was, was excellent really I mean he was on the verge of a move to uh, Fiorentina that fell through um, so he stayed another year, and I thought it was, it was, it's gone to Mexico, right? Yes. I thought it was strange yeah. that 
that another move to Europe hadn't hadn't panned out, given that he was he was in um, Italy looking for apartments and everything before he discovered that the his work permit hadn't come through. So, but uh, but no, no, I, I totally agree with Santi. I think they should they should be there. I, I was surprised they've been uh, quite slow starting, and in fact, finishing off. Um, I think Bregado losing Bregado was is yeah, a bit yeah. of a blow because he was brilliant. For them. I mean, just I mean, in terms of finishing things off. No, totally. Um, so in some ways, of course, Lazaro Costa is, is precisely the the person they they brought in to replace Regueiro. But I think pretty much everybody uh, on the hand of Pod crew, when I sent this email around that I mentioned at the start of the show, uh, agreed that Lanús were going to be uh, among the favourites. It, yes, it's sort of Lanús San Lorenzo. I think prior to the season starting, a lot of people said River were maybe now starting to have some some doubts about that. Um, but no, outright favourites is always impossible to pick in Argentina, and I've got to say, Newell's from the I two think... two matches only that we've seen of them so far, I've I've liked the look of them. Yeah, uh, yeah be I think before Nassia. before the tournament started, San Lorenzo was the main favourite for the Argentine yeah. press at least, mm-hmm. and for most yeah, people involved. San Lorenzo are always up there for the Argentine press. Maybe, yeah, true. But they R- do have Rassing. one of the best Rassing squads. Rassing are always up there for the Argentine press. Rassing have always got to get over that thing of being Rassing, though. Unfortunately, yeah. But they always they bring in. Do you remember the season when they brought in Camoranesi and they brought in a couple of others? And yeah, they, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I mean, these guys are going to win. Yeah, the, the Copa <laughs> Mundial Club is, you know, <laughs> it's the point is, Samuelins on Rassing, River and Boca go without saying. The, these are the guys that shift mm. shift papers. I mean, because they've got more more That's supporters true. than mm-hmm. and goes back to long-held complaint about Lanús when they were top of the table, yep. got a column inch yeah. on page 16 of a sports paper dedicated to football. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, um, of course, San Lorenzo are you know, one of the uh, favourites yeah. for, uh, for, the, for the press. They do have a very strong squad, though. The, yeah, the squad yeah. is... No, they no, they no, have no, a lot of alternatives. Definitely. And, Which um, is why the mm-hmm. Argentinos result... Yeah. It's, it's quite surprising. Was, was really yeah, strange. Yeah. I, I thought from... San Lorenzo, I thought it was very smart for them because um, they play with mostly their main squad players on the Copa Argentina, mm-hmm. and I thought that was very intelligent because um, they just they had to beat Gimnasia Entre Rios. They already knew that their next match was going to be against Estudiantes de Buenos Aires, which is a Primera B Metro side, third division side, yeah. and then just one match against a Primera División side because all the rest of the clubs involved in the Copa Argentina that are still uh, playing are going to be a, a Primera. And they're going to get a title. And had, they haven't got a title since Copa Conmebol, maybe in '94, yeah, yeah, yeah. a yeah. Copa. And yeah. they have, under Ramon Diaz, they did get the the local championship. But That's I mean, just playing against Gimnasia Entre Rios, yeah. Estudiantes de Buenos Aires, and one Primera División game and getting a title. It's not bad. Yeah, they were, yeah. Let's not forget Pellegrini as well. Pellegrini, that yeah, was, but that, that was, was in, that was before Ramon Diaz. That was in no, 2001. No, before Ramon Diaz, but it was since the Conmebol. Yeah, yeah, but I mean a Copa, a proper Copa, not okay. just the local tournament. Right. Yeah, so they're playing three three tournaments now, so it makes sense for them to have a big squad with a lot of different um, picks, different mm. players to choose. But still, I think the, their squad is um, along with, of course, Boca. Yeah, and sure, else. Yeah. But Lanús, as, you know, this all started because of a question of uh, Lanús. I, I think they have a very experienced team, and um, I think they have a very sco- good squad as well. Mm. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, that's all of our questions for now. So here is Mystic Sam's theme music, and 
right afterwards you'll hear all of the outcomes that you should definitely not bet on this coming weekend. Here we go, right then. Uh, the first match of the weekend coming is Belgrano versus Gimnasia de la Plata. I think Gimnasia are going to win that match. Atletico Rafaela versus Newells. I'm going to make Newells favourites. Arsenal to beat Racing in Avellaneda. Yes. I apologise in advance, Santi. No, because you know Racing are not allowed to have any fans. It's going to be. Of course, again, yeah, they got too much band, didn't they? Too much band. So uh, for the for this, this is for the um, no way match for us. This is for the party in inverted commas after Independiente's relegation. Actually, it's not really inverted commas at all. It's, it's for the party after Independiente's relegation at the end of last season. Never had too much. Uh, man. I thought it was only one, but you're quite right. Um, Belis Sarsfield against Lanús. I think that that's going to be a draw. Both sides have got a Copa Sudamericana match next midweek, and I think that's going to distract them in both cases. Uh, so that, that's going to be a draw. Uh, Rosario Central against Godoy Cruz I'm also going for a draw Argentinos to beat Tigre yes Olimpo versus All Boys uh, I think it's going to be an All Boys win River Plate versus Colón I've, ooh, I've not yet made a prediction for that For um, really really depends on whether they get I'm, I'm so glad you agree with me because my editors in Hong Kong are, are doubting that one player could possibly be so important for a team uh, and uh, slightly cross at me for not having predicted that much yet um, but for Hand of Pod I'm going to say draw I can't see River losing at home but between you and me dear listener they're only about 500 to 1000 of you um, I, I have no faith at all that Tao's still <laughs> actually going to be able to play this weekend regardless of what we're hearing uh, so draw for that one uh, Estudiantes versus Boca I think is also going to be a draw two teams who've shown a lot of improvement recently um, and finally San Lorenzo to beat Quilmes in Quilmes um, I said finally but also of course we have to predict uh, uh, Newell's versus is it Newell's versus uh, Gimnasia or is it Gimnasia versus Newell's for the second round does anyone remember was that a second round match then it's meant to be Gymnasia. Come on, Santi, you can do this before I get it up no, on screen. I don't know, you can. Because Gymnasia played the first match at home versus River. Yep, but as we said, Central had two in a row. Yeah, so away. Who knows? Um, the second round, which still has to be played, if Ole's website ever decides to load it, yes, it has, is in Rosario between Newell's and Gymnasia. I'm going to go for Newell's to win in that case. Uh, that's going to be. <laughs> That's going to be on next Tuesday, so I think we'll probably record Hand of Pod next Wednesday to make sure that it's done after that match. Um, and and that's, that's my prediction. Any matches that you're particularly looking forward to this weekend, guys? Apart from my own? I'll bring up the, no. the whole selection on screen for you to, to consider. I think it's, it's the Andes Boca is an interesting one. Two sides have improved. Could go either way, though. Could be an interesting match, could be a very boring nil nil. I'm also looking forward to Central against Godoy Cruz, just purely because, as I said earlier, Central was so good at home in the first leg, in the first round of the championship. It'll be interesting to see whether they can back it up in front of their own fans again, now that they've had two away matches and lost both, whether they're going to turn El. El Gigante de la Rochito um, into a, a fortress for this this tournament 
Championship, sorry, or not. Joel? I'm going to go for Veles, uh, Lanús. Mm. Just interesting to see because we, I mentioned very early on, that, uh, a little bit earlier, that Lanús have, have this sort of continuity, as do Veles, but you do get the feeling both have just lost that kind of spark. That's true. completely. So while they've got this sort of continuity and you expect them to do well, they don't have this, this boost in, in the kind of thing we were saying independiente need, which you know, is this boost of either a signing or a big change. So Mauro Zardi has been very disappointing for Vélez. Well, very he's just played one though, right? And I, I think, think he, I think he picked up an injury. Saturday, yeah, he's out for another. I think two matches now. Right, because he he should have been the kind of he could turn out being the kind of someone like Gago, the kind of player you think, wow, this guy's going to win the title. Uh, well, he's been standing exactly like Gago because he's injured and he's exactly. not playing for them. So. Exactly. So if he's injured and misses the whole whole season, it's not much good. But but really, on which note, we should mention that Fernando Gago, by the doctors, has been past fit to play and is going to be making his Boca his second Boca debut. Um, away just at the Anderson La Plata on Sunday of course it's Sunday night yes it's the match that's going to be uh, put on specifically to, <laughs> to, be, to tear up Lanata in the ratings can we not start yeah, please don't let's not start let's finish yeah, yeah. Perhaps, shall we um, sure. unless you have anything to add something because you look like you're about to say something um, there we are Quick, uh, quick thing, on, uh, just very, very briefly, because again, by the time this happens, is listened to, um, but it looks like Lamella is happening to Tottenham. Does it really? Eric Lamella oh. to Tottenham Hotspurs What's from AS Roma. Again, people, it'll be official by more, the time. More importantly, for about hand, about twenty-five million. More importantly, for hand of pod listeners, what is five percent of the fee? That's one point two five million. Exactly. Pounds, euros, dollars. Pounds. That's quite a lot of money yeah, for so River. Money for River. Uh, it's a development fee for having trained him up between what twelve and nineteen. I, I recall um, seeing just in this corner, just in this corner between Quesada and Libertador, mm. I had such a huge sign of Eric Lamela before he even had his debut in River. He had this um, huge ad. Mm. Advertising Adidas sportwear, and, before and he hadn't even made his debut. If any, if it's, any it's, pod, very funny. If any mm-hmm. pod listeners have, have found Joel's voice particularly dreamy and want to stalk him, by the way, you've just been uh, shown to within a block of, of where Joel lives now by <laughs> Santi's. Uh, <laughs> Santi's giving it away. So there you go. You already said that you live next to the. Uh, yeah, well, um, but no, it's. Yeah. I mean, he's. Um, He's one he was a big promise. He yeah. was a big promise that he. Uh, he was almost. There was a lot of um, talk in the newspapers message. when he was thirteen exactly. or fourteen, yeah. uh, because he was about to be taken away by I think Barcelona. Barcelona, yeah. 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 And he was just a young kid getting his first, uh, you know, yeah. his first try at yeah. semi-pro football or whatever you like to call the youth system in River Plate, which is probably the biggest youth system in the whole country. Yeah. So um, it was very funny seeing him. You know, first, a couple of years ago, uh, as a promise that was about to be taken away by Barcelona or whatever. Then, a couple of years after that, as a huge sign over Avenida Libertador when he hadn't even played for yeah, River yeah. yet. And now seeing him actually perform, you could have almost expected him to flop after all this. Um, yeah, well, sure. particularly because his first, season, his first season crazy. for River mm-hmm. was the season they got relegated. That's and he, also a I reason. Mean, all of the pressure was put on his shoulders. Yeah. He himself didn't do that badly, but the team He, he was went clearly, down. I mean, in fifth gear, well, no, at that stage probably fourth gear, mm. when really everyone around him was in second. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was so far and above, but he, I mean, he, he had the typical problem of this highly gifted uh, young player 
never he never passed it. No. But no. Uh, by the same token, he never had players in the right position. You could argue uh, to pass too. But um, but I mean, already having a great career. I mean, Tottenham have uh, starting to arm up very well if they sell Bale and. They've bought William, they've bought Lamela, they've bought Soldado. They've if, bought they, if they sell Bale for anything approaching 100 million and are replacing him with Lamela for 25. Well, Lamela, Soldado, William, uh, they've bought a couple of other lads as well. Uh, Paulinho, I think, is it? Or is, is it City? I'm confusing. Or oh, Fernandinho. I think Paulinho's gone to City, definitely. Paulinho's at Spurs. So, I mean, that's incredible business for, for Spurs. But, um, but for Lamela as well, he's the kind of player because he. he beefed up really quickly in the space of a year and a oh, half or so. So I mean, he's totally ready for um, for the Premier League. He did really well at Roma. I was and very happy seeing him at the Italy friendly exactly. instead mm. of Monticho, which Even was just a strange time. choice. But I think Lamela is Messi's natural replacement in the Argentinian squad. Oh. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think he's a slightly different position and different kind of role, but mm-hmm. in terms of ability... Yeah, he's, 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 he's above. He's or, above. Um, audacious prediction from Santi. No, no, in the same way, by the way, and we should mention this before he makes his debut. That Santi, I'm just going to remind everybody, has said for many times when he's been at Hunter Pod that uh, Gabriel slash Rogelio slash Gabriel, whatever, uh, Funes Mori. Gabriel just is, is going to become just say the right one, and then everyone's happy. <laughs> is is going to become a fantastic goal scorer once he leaves River Plate? Yeah, now I think I do think so, and I think it's going this, to be brilliant. This weekend, for this weekend, one would assume that he's going to play for Benfica because presumably Benfica don't have a policy whereby. If you're absolutely fucking dreadfully dressed when you come through the airport, <laughs> um, you, you're barred for a match. Uh, seriously, look up pictures of him arriving in, in Lisbon Airport. Yeah. It, it's hilarious. Um, I like the glasses. Presumably, he'll be making his, his debut this, this weekend, so we'll, we'll find see. out. We'll and, find uh, out. And, and I must say... But Santi, go on, if he doesn't score a goal in no, no, his but, first match, of course. let's give him a couple of weeks. Plus, I'm also going to mention that you know every time you've said it on here, I've agreed with you. I, uh, I completely mm-hmm. see where you're coming from. Um, but... This is where we actually find out whether Hand of Pod uh, know what we're talking about or, or whether we're just making it up as we yeah, go yeah. along. It's we funny always sit on the fence, <laughs> surely. We're, 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 you know, it's not a problem. No, no, no. Mori is going to be the top scorer in Portugal this season. <laughs> there you go. I've said it. Yeah. But come on, like, the, the main opinion here in Argentina is that Funes Mori is basically the worst number nine that River has ever seen. That's yeah. what everyone's saying. And he's definitely, that he, that definitely he's not. That he's so bad... Yeah. That he's meant to go to the Primera B Metropolitana straight from River. Everyone is mystified as in t- in to ten years why time, this guy is playing in Europe. In ten to, in I'm ten to, saying ten he's to twelve not years, that bad. ten to twelve yeah. years time when he's what thirty one, thirty two years. Mm-hmm. No, how old is he now? Twenty one, twenty two. Twenty one. So yeah. when he's when he's thirty three, thirty four years old, he's going to be returning to River as a hero. They'll have banners like they did for yeah. Salas on my yeah. first yeah. match at River. Uh, no, <laughs> I think that's too much. Oh, that's way too much. <laughs> Possibly not quite that much. He, he didn't win any better Doris with River, but still, I mean, I'll, I'll bet you they give him a hero's welcome when he comes back. Facundo we'll Parra for Independiente yeah, was well, supposed to be the I, great I think, He was crap for Independiente when he was there. He, he was very, very Max Lopez. Maxi Lopez yeah, is the main okay. comparison. comparison. He was. If Maxi Lopez, Lopez came back right now yeah. to River, yeah, he would be a hero. About it over there, the there was, exactly. And, and people were excited about it. And you think he was... He was he decent one for one for tournament. It happened yeah. to be... No, one good match. It happened to be a Super Classico in La Bonera. Yeah, that's true. But the whole tournament... I think he scored something like 10 goals in the tournament. Yeah. So he was decent for the whole tournament. That's 
as much as you can say for But him. the reason that he got signed for Barcelona was that he found an old pair of Diego Maradona's boots in the corridors of La Bombonera and, and played that match. The reason he signed for Barcelona after about, what, five minutes or something when Salas was injured. The reason he, said he signed for Barcelona is that Henrik Larsson got injured, Frank Reichard was desperate for a striker, saw, saw the programme for the Mundial. <laughs> no joke. And I've, I've heard this via... Uh, via the football mundial producers genre. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Like, who, who did the interview <laughs> with, with in this at all. Who did the interview <laughs> with Frank Frank Reichard, and he said, "I saw oh, uh, Maxi guy. Lopez. I saw <laughs> the feature on Maxi Lopez, and so we asked after him. He was at a good price, so we brought him over. <laughs> Amazing. You heard it here second. Um, on that note, we're, we're going to say goodbye now. If you're going to be watching Argentine League matches over the weekend, then A, we pity you, and B, enjoy them, please. Um, enjoy them with me, particularly on Twitter, H-E-G-S underscore com, and enjoy the lower division ones with Santiago, who is Dos Estados. Yeah. Do you want to Only spell if that you know Spanish, though, because I don't tweet in English. So. No, that's true. You most of the time. I, I like it that you have that as a policy. Yeah, it's so a policy. Just, yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. I, I like to think that Handapod <laughs> still manages to feed into your follower numbers. Um, uh, I, I think I get a bit, a bit of a rebound effect on my follower numbers from Handapod because I get a lot of followers sometimes when you, you retweet. You've, gained, you've certainly gained them since you first appeared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like but, but I always 80%. kind of lose them when they realize that I don't tweet English. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If you speak Spanish, follow Santiago. If, if you don't, then, then don't bother. Yeah, um, then screw yourself. Joel can be followed if, if learn you Spanish. want to... Learn Spanish. Yes, all learn Spanish, wow. indeed. Um, Joel Why can not? be followed if you don't want to hear anything at all about football, almost, um, on Joel underscore Richards. Um, yeah, very, very. He covers proper news most of the time these days, but he, he mostly... Uh, mostly well, tweets I'm, about I'm, football you just, not, you just don't tweet very, very yeah, frequently exactly. really. no, no, exactly. certainly not as frequently as I do um, no. right. I'm capable of getting banned from Twitter for 10 minutes after every match <laughs> but there we go um, enjoy the weekend's football and we'll be back recording in what another week I think on the Sudamericana matches might make next weekend's next week's midweek recording uh, date slightly tricky um, but for now it's goodbye from Santiago goodbye everyone Goodbye from Mr. Richards. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Goodbye.